0: Hello and welcome to another episode. This one is going to be on the article entitled, Read, Think, Make, Share, and Monetize. It was posted originally September 12, 2022. So with that out of the way, let's get straight into it. For the past few years, all my working schedule has revolved around five activities. In this post, I'll go over these content uh, concepts. Read, think, make, share, and monetize, and explain why I think they're vital for any entrepreneur's success. Uh, section one, read. It may be beneficial to know that the process I'm about to explain works a lot like an infinite step by step process. For example, you start with read, then you move to think all the way until you get to the monetize, then start back at read and do it all over again. Read is pretty self explanatory. I read a lot, both uh, books and articles, to know things I probably wouldn't have been able to figure out otherwise. I've already explained my book read pos- a process in a separate post, but for articles I'm mostly looking for either uh, one, pieces that talk about current trends, or two, stories and profiles that I might be able to glean something out of. I never read uh, current events, aka news. Uh, and so, when I talk about current trends, I'm more talking about like things like technology, like machine learning and, and you know Web three stuff like that rather than uh, current events like uh, you know uh, as of uh, me recording this, the FT uh, the FTX uh, exchange just crashed. But I wouldn't care about reading about that. But I would care about reading about uh, Web three and, and cryptocurrency more generally speaking. Uh, so I don't read current events because most of the news cycle is useless information, and if it really was important, it usually gets in my ears naturally. No newsfeed uh, required. Same thing with the, the FTX thing I just heard about on Discord, honestly, and, and Twitter. I didn't anything else. I say read, though for uh, my creative work in particular, this is not exactly the case. Reading is definitely the best for knowledge related to keeping the business running, but for story or character ideas, I can glean stuff from art, movies, uh, video games, music, even just day-to-day walking outside and observing. For example, Sorry We're Closed, uh, this is a, a short story that I wrote, It's based on a single Twitter thread I saw about a person's father committing suicide. It was totally by chance. I have no idea who that person was, nor do I think I'll likely ever encounter them again. That's the power of spontaneity. Uh, Section two, think. The natural next step for reading, at least in my opinion, is thinking. I take all the info I get from books, articles, games, conversations, etc., and I try to make uh, patterns out of it. What do I think is cool? What do I think is an opportunity? How can I use a trend to my advantage? All that sort of stuff. Every morning, I get out a planning notebook, and I write whatever strategy stuff is on my mind. Uh, this is now converted into a uh, notepad, note-taking software, Obsidian. I use Obsidian uh, for specifically for planning. Uh, sometimes this goes nowhere. Sometimes bits and pieces get reused somewhere else. And sometimes, just sometimes, it gets made. Section 3. make. Making is the most time consuming process. I'm very selective of what I make because of it. Sometimes I get too excited about an idea, plan the whole thing out on a weekend, and on Monday I realize it's a waste of time to work on because I have X, Y, Z to finish first. I tried to avoid this, but even now it happens. And honestly, even though I try to avoid it, it happens at the same rates as I, it happens when I was trying, it, when I didn't really care about avoiding it, so it's not learned like it times. I usually try to make MVPs or minimum viable products whenever possible. This is particularly important, I think, for a solo creator, as it allows me to work on a bunch of stuff at once without it feeling like a drain or splitting up my attention. As I come back to things, I add a little more, and a little more, and a little more, and as I build, traction usually comes with it. If no traction comes, it gets canned, and another project takes its place. Uh, I forget what section we're on, but this section is called Share. If a post-tree is made in a blog forest and no sharing is around, will a reader ever read it? I would argue not. I used to be very bad with sharing, and, you know, to be fair, I kind of still am. uh, Because one, I was anxious uh, that people were going to say it was bad, and two, I didn't know the right forms of sharing to fit my persona. For number one, I just snapped out of it. People still say it's bad, but at this point, I've been doing it for five years, and I don't really give a shit. Number two is a little bit more of a complex case. That's still something that I deal with to this day. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. Gurus tell you how to use social media actively if you want hits. They told me to use Instagram. Well, what am I going to use Instagram for? I thought I never make pictures. I live in a boring desert. What am I going to do? Seems very. It seems like is going to be very uh, familiar for those of you who watch Monday Morning Coffee, my uh, live stream every Monday because I talk about this example a lot in there. Well first thing I did was I turned my Instagram into an art curation platform. I had a lot of art saved that I really liked and I could use my Instagram actively with it so I decided to share that. Sure enough, followers began to pile in but with two problems. First of all, the way I was requiring pictures was not conducive to actually credit the pictures meaning that I had a good chance of getting into some hot water if an artist ever found out that I was using their art without creating them. Secondly, while the Instagram was popular, it was driving no traffic back to my site. Because my site at this point didn't really have anything to do with art, it was all business and tech and that sort of stuff, so my Instagram strategy was worthless. I decided to pivot. I got rid of all the art pictures and instead decided to just advertise my new articles and newsletters. I made neat little Canva drawings and scheduled them out on Instagram posts with links to the relevant content. The strategy turned out to be even worse. Now, my Instagram looked as bland and dreary as a sweatshop with the same posts, parentheses, newsletter number 9, newsletter number 10, newsletter number 11, appearing in the same pattern over and over again. Not only that, but I was actually losing followers now. None of my followers really cared too much about my website, and even the people IRL, I knew IRL, began to get annoyed by my feed. It just wasn't working. At this point, I snapped out of the spell hexed into me by these social media Moogle wizards. I realized that certain social media platforms worked for certain people. For example, Instagram is really only conducive to your platform if you are an artist or a photographer. Nothing else, really. Um, I have changed my opinion on that sense, I, I believe that you can use every social media platform. It's just a matter of finding out uh, things that blend specifically well with that platform that you personally are interested in. But that's uh, that's that. So uh, the second to last section monetize. Now that we're done with all that long winded digression, we can finally get to the fi- we can get to the final piece of the puzzle monetizing. Of course, the final plan of your work should always be to make a living out of it just because of necessity. I believe that you can never monetize too early, but you can force monetization too early. You should never have to directly market your paid content, especially if you're just starting out. Instead, excuse me. Instead, just focus on driving people to your brand and let them buy your products on their own. People don't come to an app just because you built it, But people will pay for your subscription just because they came to your app. Um, And then from here, I post an example of the program working. But let me take a sip of water first. All right. I need to refresh after that. I've been doing a couple of these in a row. Uh, The last section, the day in a life of a working program. To better understand what I'm talking about, let me take you through an example of the life cycle in Fru and Fool, using one of my recent posts as an example. As I write this article, my most recently released post was why you might want a trading account over an IRA. Reading-wise, this work was inspired a lot by the writing done by Ramit Sefi, who often has interesting contrarian takes on personal finance. In particular, he's a big proponent of having your money work for you now, rather than later. Not in an epicurean, spent to your heart's content sort of way, but instead with the idea that when you're old and dying, you're old and dying, and when you're young and healthy, you're young and healthy. So most of your big experiential purchases should be happening now, rather than later. Thinking about this idea, I realized something. Most financial advice on the internet almost completely emphasizes a 401k and an IRA over a training account. That didn't sit well with me. A 401k slash IRA is a good idea, uh, being a good idea is one thing, but saying that you don't need a training account just because of all the benefits that come from an IRA, uh, not necessarily. Pairing this with some additional reading from Morgan Housel's The Psychology of Money, which makes a good point that IRAs are too young for anyone to have successfully gone through the whole process anyway, Uh, In other words, financial advisors imply that you can invest in an IRA when you're 18 and it pops out at 16, a millionaire, It, it, it lets you become a millionaire at 65. But IRAs were only created in 1974, 48 years ago. That means that in order to have done what the financial guru's claim, you would have had to start your IRA within the first two years of its invention with this fun in mind, I went to crafting an article. I'll save you the chore of reading about my writing process, it's out of the scope of this blog anyway. But from there, I scheduled the post down and waited a couple of months until it finally became ready to be published. I shared it to my social media alongside Hacker News and LinkedIn, um, and then of course, I made sure that my premium subscription was clearly indicated on the page, my monetization option of choice, just in case any readers were so curious. And that is still a method that I followed to this day. I've been following it for a very long time now, so it shouldn't really come as a surprise that uh, just two months later, yeah, I still think this is a great idea. Anyway, that is that one. Uh, If you go into the description, you can read the original uh, writing for that post, uh, as well as some of the other places you can find me on the internet. But for now, that is that, and I will see you in the next one.